everybody, welcome back to the Trick Podcast of Joy and Gozo TV on this beautiful Monday, December 14th. Happy birthday, by the way, to my beautiful baby sister. And then tomorrow to my other sister. Happy birthday to you both, my dear loved sisters. Talking today about letting go of success. Letting go of success. So I was listening to my friend Cliff Ravenscraft's podcast today and he's been actually talking a lot about similar things about success and failure and understanding that there's more to life than that now for me i am an enneagram three if you're familiar with that but even if you're not basically it means that i'm one of those success driven people i'm very driven i do have a creative side to me i'm an enneagram three wing four as they call it which, as you know, it means that I'm very creative. And so that kind of slows me down to some degree, and I'm glad. But at the end of the day, I am someone who needs stability. And the way that I then think I will gain that stability is by achieving, surrounding myself with enough achievements, numbers, nickels, budgets, bodies, as to not be sent back or left alone as to be secure. I don't know if it's to be loved. I think it's more to be secure. I feel loved. I feel like I am very loved by God, my wife, of course, our children, my mom, my grandma who's in heaven, my papi who's in heaven, my family, but my church. But when it comes to safety, then I revert back to these bad habits of thinking that I need to do more. And so I end up not working out, not being balanced. I end up going to extremes and then I get exhausted. And then when I don't gain the success or the, the externals to bring me safety, then I get very fearful and anxious. And so that's the vicious cycle. What frees me from that cycle is to be, first to be human and second to get in tune get in touch with the real me one of the things about us enneagram threes i'm going to drink a little bit of water here so let me just come right back okay now don't get me wrong by the way i'm back from my drink of water thank you don't get me wrong being an achiever i've I've loved it it has provided jobs it has provided things like a beautiful house and really uh, going into going to some of the best universities and seminaries and those things weren't significant in the moment but instead they were accomplishments that I was very proud of because of how I grew up and what I could have done and even some of the mistakes that I made tons of them and so I attribute it all to the grace of God and to how he made me but at the same time I have, at times, even without knowing, tried to make it about me. Uh, One of my friends who talks about my type of personality, Enneagram, says that for us, it's the eternal, look at me, mom, look at me, mom. It's like we live our lives with this desire to have our mom see our latest drawing and put it up on the fridge. I didn't grow up that way. I was very stable, very happy. But I think what it's done is it's left me 
unknowingly making and sometimes very consciously making things about me becoming the head honcho so that i could feel like i won at life like i did it versus loving people versus helping others versus wanting to really to be me which is to simply be a man who loves people who loves god who loves jesus and then now that worked for a long time but then when i didn't get the the success that i expected that's when everything hit the fan that's when life and you could definitely say this year especially began to just just knock my you know knock me against the wall because has there ever been a year when things have been so hard especially for those of us who are performers and doers there's not much to do besides the online space which i do plenty of that now what i have been learning is to change the whole metric instead of measuring myself against success numbers and nickels is to be who i really am to love people to love the young and the old black and brown rich and poor free and slave as the bible says to love everyone you know i always think about the real me is someone who i think it was four years ago who started a traditional service for five seniors and i loved every second of it all of my friends with cool hip churches they were saying what are you doing that's not the future and i really didn't care about the future or about their opinion because in my heart i wanted to love my seniors and when now when i am working out of my ego or out of my fear then i will compete against those big churches i will try to preach better and be better and look all you know all of those things and that only makes me feel just even further away from god and from people and people can always tell of course when you really are there to make yourself look great or for them now because of the grace of god i really do love people I, I am in service of others through the church through media through all the things that i've done music because i really love people and i really love god i really thank him for what he's done in my life but certainly these last 10 years or so have been a necessary slap on the face and god had to take everything away I don't mean, as I said, like you know, money or, but definitely that sense of, of success, of externals. And he's done that for a reason, to bring me back to his heart, to the heart of loving people, to the heart of worship, to the heart of loving people for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, and to really be myself. And that's another thing that we chameleons struggle with is who are you really? Well, who am I really? I am a contemplative, happy stage person. I love being on stage. I love performing music and speaking. I love coaching people one-on-one -on -one in small groups. I wrote a list just uh, earlier today of all the things that make me truly me. And those things are like the things I just mentioned. Teaching, I love coaching, teaching communication bible music especially voice i love voice and piano i ironically don't really like teaching guitar but bass i love teaching bass 
I love teaching, uh, yeah, piano, voice. I also love teaching others about biblical deliverance and fear and overcoming anxiety, the mental health part of faith and life. I love helping and teaching other people about these things. What's called the contemplative journey or the inward journey, the contemplative life. I love that. You know, even things practical such as production and mixing. I'm not a sound engineer. I'm not an expert. And so there would be other people much better. But what I know in terms of that, I love it. I love teaching, as I said, Bible study methods, how to study the Bible. All, all the things that I've learned from seminary, from just school and, and from experience, I enjoy teaching other people. But I think the principles that I'm learning are really what I'm most excited about. And I have a few here that I want to read just off these notes that I took earlier. Number one is stop trying to grow a huge church. Number two is stop being busy. Number three is stop trying to do it alone. Number four, stop holding on to the past or regretting or drumming up the past, remembering the past. And then the last one is stop running so fast or stop running alone. Stop driving yourself into the ground. And those are the five or six, whatever that was, stops that I have been hearing from God this definitely this last year, but it's been a while. And I think that Although now what I know is all those things are super easy for me to do or to do the opposite or to at least think I can. That's the thing, right? But as I've realized that that's not what God wants, as I hear my beautiful wife tell me, please stop, rest. As I see my body sometimes, you know, whether it's gain weight or feel panicked or just age, I, I realize that. I I want to I want to love people more and and for that to happen I have to empty myself of that that addiction to externals so that the the real me the real David Trigueros the the real kid that I've been I've been since I was 6 7 years old and heard the gospel and believe with my whole heart and want to be baptized the next day and, and that pastors wouldn't let me because I was nine years old, whatever I was. That same kid is what's been hiding for many years. And I know I'm overstating it. It is who I am. But I also know how I feel when I don't succeed. My wife, ask her how I really have felt these last 10 years. It hasn't been pretty. It hasn't been easy. And when I, but when I rest, when I, light a candle when I contemplate when I do yoga when I used to when I now I take walks you know because my stupid knee hurts so much but when I used to run all the time and and lift weights sure part of that was for I don't know appearances but really for the most part that was for contemplation I was one of those runners who ran for fun I really loved still to this day run I love to run I love running I think the other thing that has maybe forced me to my knees is is anxiety, fear. Even before this year, it's always been an issue for me. Heart, heart palpitations or thinking I'm losing my mind or brain fog or um, my back hurts or I must have a brain aneurysm or you name it. You know, if you're an anxious type, 
a chronic anxious person, then you know what I'm talking about. There is no rhyme or reason for it. It's just what happens because of trauma, because of abandonment. And that's maybe the other thing that I have talked about plenty is the the true trauma that I went through. Two of them primarily. First, growing up without my parents. And second was all the immigratory or immigration fears that I had. And that speaks to the fear of safety or the need for safety and the the longing, the desperate need to, to feel safe, even when I am safe. And then the trauma of thinking, oh, oh, I'm not safe anymore. Something happened. Someone said something. It goes right to that bucket of safety and security, and it kills me. It destroys my peace, my joy. It affects my wife. It affects decisions that I make. It causes me to not, in some ways, in a weird way, it slows me down. I've always, I've often thought that the only thing that slows me down is my fear and anxiety. And so in some ways, it's been the, that's been the, the end of me, but it's also helped me to not overdo it and maybe get really sick. So it's kind of a weird thing, but what I'd rather do, which I, what I know my wife and God and I would rather do is to actually live in my heart. The Enneagram 3, we are in the center of the heart triad. In other words, we are the most loving people in the whole universe, according to this typology. If you're not familiar with the Enneagram, just type it up, especially look up EnneagramInstitute.com and you can find out more about it. It's sort of like an MBTI, but I think it's more spiritual and, and, and deeper, more useful. But when what I'd rather do is to be in my heart not to be in my head or in my doing, to not be a human doer, but to be a human being, to not be driven out of performance, to not be driven at all, but to instead let the natural light that is Christ in me, the hope of glory, come out in love, in starting a traditional service or in doing an acoustic service or having planet shaker service, whatever it takes, not to be successful, but to love people is really my heart to share the pulpit, to let others speak and, and sing, to teach others to do what I'm doing. That's a big part of us three, especially if we have a wing, I guess, two or four, I don't know, is we're teachers. I love to teach and train other people. I love praying with people. I'm not a natural care pastor type. I'm too driven. And the three, seven, and eights in the Enneagram, we're the aggressive type. So if you know me, if you truly know me, you know that I'm aggressive. I can get angry, I can be a hothead, and I tame it because I don't want to lose the battle, but it's definitely there. And sometimes it's very useful to be aggressive because there are injustices in this world. And I would say that for many years, maybe 20, 30 years of my life, I was a doormat for other people, including racism and prejudice and things that were said and and not paying me enough, mostly in churches. And so... I remember maybe 10 years ago, I finally woke up and I said, enough is enough. I'm going to begin to speak up even if it feels to the other person as aggression, but I have no other way to get out my truth. And I've learned a little bit. I still struggle, I would say, with letting out my truth without aggression, but I have discovered that for someone like me, I have to come across as upset in order for me to be honest and authentic. So... And of course, always learning diplomacy and compromise, and yet to stand for what I believe in because of my tendency to give in. 
as I look ahead at this next year and the next 20 years of my life, 30 years of my life, whatever the Lord wants to give my beautiful wife and I and our family, I look forward to being more authentically me, to disciple, to train others, to be generous with whatever I have, to love people, not be perfect, not do it all, because us threes, that's what we end up doing. We do it all. We're very capable people. But to love, to serve other people, to do things not for my glory, but for the glory of God and for the sake of other people, which is the real me. And specifically, to move my, my, my mentality which is what my good friend Becky, shout out to Becky, told me years ago, from a megachurch mentality to a discipleship mentality. And that probably means small in my eyes, meaning a church of a thousand would be small to me. <laughs> would I be happy with a church of a hundred? I'm trying to get rid of the whole notion of numbers. That true happiness is in seeing people's lives be changed. Now, of course, I'm still going to be me, you know, and, and us Enneagrams threes, we are a gift to this world. Without us, there wouldn't be planners or computers or amazing technology and great programs online. A lot of the people that you admire are threes, Enneagram threes, are either threes or eights from what I've learned. And so we are people that are needed in the body of Christ in this world. And I know that. But at the same time, I need to adapt and continue to let my heart lead me. And as I said, if that means a church of a hundred, and if it means uh, less that no one knows who I am, then I'm ready for that. If it means a church of 500 and nobody knows who I am except those 500 people, I'm ready for that. I'm ready to give up the whole thing of numbers and success. I have been giving that up. I've had to. God has forced it upon me, but I have been a willing participant and dance partner, I guess, to let the Holy Spirit lead me. You know, this year, we named this year in our uh, virtual community, Open the Eyes of My Heart, just like the song in the 80s. And that's exactly what God did. He has opened my eyes to what I'm telling you. I want to see you, the song says, see you high and lifted up. And that's what I... I'm, that second half of that song, to see you high and lifted up, is what I am talking about now. I think, if I'm honest, I would have said three years ago, open the eyes of my heart, Lord, to see myself high and lifted up. <laughs> Not shining in any glory, but just, you know what I mean, human glory, human success. But now I am in my heart, in my body, saying, Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. I want to see you, to see you high and lifted up, shining in the light of your glory. Pour out your power and might as we sing holy, holy, holy. And that, that has become my anthem. And, and then for next year, God gave me a word yesterday. And the word for next year or the phrase is the year of jubilee. <laughs> next year is going to be the year of jubilee. Now, the year of Jubilee sounds like money, success, numbers. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you having a perfect body or your business 
bringing in twice as much as in 2020. <laughs> I'm talking about kept being set free from captivity. I'm talking about us as individuals being set free by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's Isaiah 61, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor and to set captives free to bring about the year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. So that's the process. First, we have to have spirit. And that's what I feel these last 10 years have been about for me is spirit, not me, not flesh, but spirit, not not ego, but spirit of God. Second, it's just to set captives free. That's been the, the process, certainly these last four or five, six years, is to set me free. I was captive. I'm still at times captive to numbers and success and admiration and insecurity, not insecurity, instability to feel like the, the, the sky is falling. And so that's where I've had to be delivered. And I'm d being delivered daily. Just this morning, I was delivered from all these things that wanted to hit me. And then third, for the sake of what? For the sake of setting others captive free. Others captives free. So it's to disciple them, as we used to call it. Now I'm calling it biblical deliverance and spiritual healing in Jesus' name. And so I've done that. I, God helped me in the summer slash fall to do a class, a six-week class, and it was amazing. Then I started another one last week, and we're going to keep going all of 2021. I'm going to begin to train other leaders to do this so they know how to be free themselves, and then they can train trainers and teach teachers. And for the sake of what? For the sake of the year of Jubilee. What is that? I have no idea what that means. For me, it would mean to be healthy, to run, to train others, to be in relationship with a community of people that want to heal and that want to be teachers and want to bring joy, gozo, to other people. If that means a book deal, if that means a thousand downloads per podcast, I don't know. I, I, I am... I think all of that is behind me. It's a distant, bad memory of these last 10 years. I never, I always had that. See, this, this is the irony, and it's very much of a Joseph Campbell hero's journey thing. I always had the success, but I never looked for it until these last 10 years when everything fell apart for me. So I reached for myself instead of reaching for God. And I think these last few years, it's been a return after this abyss of 2020, which I'm thankful for because of what I've said, I am returning to the heart of worship. I don't mean a guitar on a stage. I mean God in me, the hope of glory, loving Him, doing things for the sake of those that I love, for the sake of transforming people for the sake of helping young and old seniors and, and young adults come to know Jesus and become more like Him and be free from those hurts, hang-ups, and habits. I will never forget years ago, maybe the first year that I was at my current church, this young lady with her husband came to my class, and I had a class that was along these lines. I've never departed too far from the real me. At least that class was very transformative, and I wasn't thinking along those lines, though, see? That's the problem. People could see my real gifting and, and the real spirit, but then my mind was, okay, how many people are here? But thank you, Lord, that he still worked. I think it was the following week. I didn't do the class. Who knows? Maybe no one showed up. I was worked up over numbers, all the usual stuff. 
And I remember she either called me, no, 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 I think she was just walking out of this one room, and she said, I can't wait for you to do this class again. It's exactly what my husband and I need. And I can honestly tell you, I was thinking, well, as long as you bring 30 other people, isn't that crazy? I mean, here's God saying, this is what I want you to do. Take this couple and help them to become more like me. Free them from whatever they're, they're enslaved to and give them that desire of their hearts. Help them to see me. And I'm like, no, you know, I'd rather see 3,000 people just kind of worship in my room while I'm preaching and make me look good. And maybe Christianity Today will call me. <laughs> I mean, that's just the truth, right? That That's the kind of stuff that I was dealing with. I remember, because God is so faithful, months later, she was driving by, I think by the, by the church, and I was walking to my car, and she stopped me. She stopped the car, and she said, are you ever going to, not ever, like, sick and tired of me, maybe she was, are you going to start that class anytime soon? And I was like, yeah, you know, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. I'm sure I was thinking about not having enough people. I wasn't thinking of, here's this angel of God, and God himself saying, feed my sheep, Instead, I'm thinking, well, how many sheep exactly are going to come? Anyway, I tell you that honestly because I hope that you understand. You may not be an achiever. You, you know, the Enneagram has nine motivations. You might be someone who wants to be right. You want to be seen as doing the right thing. And you struggle because people don't think you're doing the right thing. Or maybe you are someone who is a, a loyalist. You want and you give loyalty to others and you would hope that your boss and your friends and your husband and everyone would be loyal to you and you struggle when they're not loyal or when you perceive. My point is that all of us have a, a person that's driving by that's saying, help me. And we, unfortunately, we're, we're distracted by our own hang-ups, by our own ego by our own unconscious motivation and i'm here to help you i'm here to be an example of my own hang-ups and and of working that out by the grace of god and then asking god to use me and i hope that you know that he's going to use you no matter if you've given into self-righteousness or envy or pride or wanting loyalty or wanting to know everything and hoarding information you know there are nine vices basically kind of like the deadly sins no matter what your deadly no matter if you even don't even know what, that you have a deadly sin you might be one of those people who thinks you're above it all maybe you just like to eat <laughs> and that is your gluttony maybe you lust after control and anger as I said, there are so many things. The point is that I just am another, like my friend says, I'm another John on the journey. I'm just another bozo on the, another clown on the bus. Even though I hate saying that, but that is the reality. And I say that because it's what humbles me. It's what keeps me focused on Jesus and on his spirit. And it keeps me grounded, not to numbers, but grounded to love, grounded to myself, grounded to the Holy Spirit in me, grounded to God's Word and to transformative teaching, transformative relationships and, and transformative relationships and to community, to not being this lone ranger who's better than you and better than everyone and, and only three people can be as good as me. That's another craziness of the threes, is this, comp this competitive drive. 
instead of being that person god is saying no just be my servant and do it in community with others grow with them be who you really are just another joe on the journey or john on the journey just another bozo on the bus <laughs> or on the helicopter i guess or airplane and so that is what god has been doing in my life and i only pray and hope that he has used my story and he can use my story we're not the same you you are you're you but if you relate to the enneagram three the achiever the doer or if you are another type of person my prayer is that you will see that god is not done with us and that he wants us to be servants of the most high to let go of the ego and the unconscious motivations that that easily entangle us as hebrew says and to run the race of perseverance and to return to the heart of worship maybe this year you've given in to hate over politics return to the heart of worship perhaps you gave in to fear over this virus or disease or who's going to win the presidency return to the heart of worship that is my heart for you and that is what i want to do <clears throat> excuse me to close i want to invite you if you would like to be a part of my two courses that i'm starting this next week i have one called how to create a second income stream through podcasting and live streaming if you're interested in that for this year as we head into 2021 go to davidtrigg.com slash podcast davidtrigg.com slash podcast and sign up for the free webinar it's happening in a couple of weeks and then second if you would like to be delivered and be a part of this virtual faith community you don't have to be in the same building as me obviously we can't even meet these days you don't have to be a voting member or tithe or any of that you just have to be a journey a sojourner who wants to be transformed then go to davidtrigg.com slash deliverance davidtrigg.com slash deliverance you can also sign up there for a membership that i'm starting here in the next few weeks where every month you will get video courses on these very topics and a live call with me. I think we're doing it once a week. It might be twice a month. I don't think people need to hear from me that much. But if you would like to be a part of that, it's a membership site. You can sign up there also at davidtrina.com slash deliverance. My prayer for you today is that you will know that God is for you, not against you. That He has a purpose and a plan for you in 2021. That He is good and that though there's pain in the night, Gosa comes in the morning. Thank you for being here, my dear friend. I will see you next time.